0: We are
1: bucking the trend. We just announced recently that the first half of our year was record-breaking, both in revenue and profit. We're so proud of where the brand is and what the teams and our bear builders have done this year. We're seeing traffic roaring back to our stores and to our website.
0: We have all heard the assertion that malls are dead and that the pandemic was the final blow to a mode of shopping that was already on shaky ground. Is that true? And amidst these headlines, how can a brand that is steeped in the mall experience continue to thrive? Jen Kretchmar is the chief digital and merchandising officer of the Build-A-Bear workshop. And she and I dove into how Build-A-Bear is bringing its brand to life and seeing record-breaking results. Plus, Jen shares useful insights into holiday marketing and she gives her predictions for what will happen moving forward. You've already had a pretty epic day today so our goal is that this would be your, the funnest meeting you've had. Based on what you shared earlier, you have already you've already accomplished quite a bit. You've already had a couple of meetings, you already ran, you hot off the plane. I mean, so there's a lot lot going on in the life of Jen Kretschmar. I want to start kind of right off the bat, Jen, and what I always love to dive into and I want you to just think about this is just like what's something that you and I can kind of talk about or something you can share that might be, you know, like juicy, crunchy, you know, sharing something that's like maybe unknown or something that's like, well, that's a little counterintuitive, or that might be a big bet that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have placed, or something kind of in your world. I want to kick it off for the audience and just think thinking through this with you is like, what's something you're kind of like, what's got your attention right now? What's something that's really interesting you that you know, if uh, if another marketing leader in passing would hear it, they'd be like, oh wow, wait, what's happening over there? What are they doing?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking a lot about right now how build a bear continues this transformation, we announced a couple of years ago, right before COVID, that we were going through this, you know, big digital transformation, you know, is how, you know, we explained it to the street, to our investors, and internally to to our associates. And for most people, that meant, hey, we're ripping out systems, we're putting in, you know, new warehouse system, new OMS systems, a new POS system. For me, it's about how does a brand that has been known for being this mall destination where people think about the, you know, sort of the retail apocalypse and the demise of, of, of mall shopping per se has been such a, a big headline in the news. And I think about digital transformation in the sense of, how do we take this equity that we have built over 25 years in Build-A-Bear and be where our guest wants us to be, where they want to experience the magic and the heart? We, we talk a lot about heart at Build-A-Bear, where they can experience that. And it doesn't mean just in a mall anymore. And so I I am spending a lot of time thinking about that transformation and working with an incredible team that we have at Build-A-Bear about our entrance into NFTs, our entrance into the metaverse. Imagine a world where someone can build a bear in the metaverse and have a physical version of that and be engaged and have an emotional connection to that a furry friend, whether they're doing it in the space where they play virtually or connect with their friends virtually, or they may also have that bear at bedtime or take it on a trip with them as their source of friendship and comfort. So I spend a lot of time thinking about a brand that's been really sort of pigeonholed by so many into the small retail experience and ideating on all the ways that we can meet our customer where they will enjoy this brand in the next 25 years. And that's what I literally wake up and think about each day. And it is truly a lot of fun doing that. We are having a great time with those thoughts.
0: Wow. Uh, That's perfect. Love that. As you were talking before, you said... NFTs, I was I was almost jokingly thinking, what are we gonna do this in the metaverse? Is that where we're going? And then you said that like, yes, this is great. And okay, so that's beautiful. You have this position, you have this perspective at a brand, you know, 25 years of heart and hugs. You know, you've been there for almost 10, right? Of of those 25 years. So like you have a perspective, you've certainly been a part of some incredible growth. You've also seen this mall retail experience shifting and evolving, depending on what experts you talk to. Malls are dead. No, they're not. They're just evolving, right? And I'm just curious about that intersection because you've certainly seen the power and potency of that mall retail experience for build a bear. I mean, every anyone who's ever been in a mall certainly knows that those two go together. But what position do you take now? Like having seen industries changing. You see the metaverse. You see things shifting. Are you kind of starting to shift your attention away from the mall retail experience? Do you believe, oh, no, no, let's double down on that. Let's actually stay there and do new things. What's your perspective? Because if anyone to me has an opinion on that, it would be you. You've seen the shift from a business perspective and this retail industry. Where do you think it's going? Where do you think you're going to place and hedge your bets?
1: It's a, it's a great question. We spend a lot of time talking about our real estate planning and where we're meeting the guests and you know I'll I'll share with you when Maxine founded Maxine Clark is the founder of our company she founded Build a Bear in 1997 and she didn't open the first door thinking I want to open this store in a mall she opened the first door in a place where families go for entertainment and and social time and that Happen to be a mall. Things have evolved. There are still great malls where families, friends, teenagers go for fun and entertainment. And we're in those malls and, and bring a lot of traffic. We're a planned visit in most cases. So our mall partners, we have a great relationship with them. But things have evolved and people are going to other places for fun and entertainment today. And so at Build-A-Bear, we think about where can we meet them? Where can we be available so they can create a memory, a fantastic experience? And those are places, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just riff on a few that, that we're in, that always when I'm talking to someone and maybe it's you know a quick um, you know, chat with a friend or, or the parent of, of one of my kids and they'll ask about what I do. And sometimes I get a lot of wide eyes about this, uh, but people love to-go place for entertainment. So Build-A-Bear is at Gaylord Hotels. Build-A-Bear is in every Great Wolf Lodge. Um, If you're a a cruise ship person, we're on every Carnival cruise ship, which is so, so fun. Uh, We just opened a store this summer in my backyard in Sandusky at Cedar Point outside of the mega coaster Steel Vengeance, uh, which is really fun location for us. So um, our strategy really hasn't changed. It's just the locations that have changed. We are still going where, where friends go for fun, where families go for fun. That's where Build-A-Bear is so that our guests can experience, make a bear, create a memory. We do a lot of location-specific uh, product for our bears. People love to have that as a memory of a place they visited. And and so that part hasn't changed. But what has really evolved and I, I've been so excited to be a part of is, you know, before COVID, our e business was only, you know, maybe five, 5% of our penetration. Last year, we ended the year at 20%. And so what we've learned is that our guest also wants to have the experience of personalizing a bear online, either for themselves or to send it to a loved one or friend. And that has been a huge evolution of our company and one that we're having a lot of fun with and has opened up a lot of new ideas. We have a whole new product line called Build-A-Bear After Dark that we only offer online. And it's for our adult guests who love teddy bears and they want to gift a teddy bear to maybe their, their best friend, another adult. And we're having a ton of fun building out that product on our website.
0: That's that's amazing. I was gonna ask about what the pandemic meant for for the business because I know for the again the mall the mall retail right? I mean, in the pandemic, it was like malls are dead. That was like the the rumor that was passed around. It's like the consensus at the height of the pandemic was shopping malls are already on shaky ground. you know okay, let's let's get ready for it, right? And I was curious what that meant for your business because again, the retail portion's such a big part of the brand. And what you found was like, wait, there's a huge e-com opportunity here. It looks like there was actually some thriving happening for Build-A-Bear during that time, which opened up new sources of revenue, expanded the e-com opportunity. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think a lot of people have been interested in our results. So what, what we found at Build-A-Bear is that the pandemic didn't kill you know, retail for us. In fact, we are bucking the trend. We just announced recently that the first half of our year was record breaking, both in revenue and, and profit. We're we're so proud of where the brand is and what the teams and our, our bear builders have done this year. We're seeing traffic roaring back to our stores and to our website. We are excited about the opportunity to still engage, you know, friends and families in the stores. So our, our business is somewhat bifurcated. We have a huge focus on experience in our stores. It's the cornerstone of what we do. I think about our Bear Builders are creating theater there every day, heart ceremonies, um, moments, birthday celebrations. About a third of our business is birthdays. People wanna come and have a great moment for their birthday. And we still do this really cool promotion called um, Count Your Candles, Pay Your Age in our stores. So a guest can still come to the store. And if they're turning two, they pay $2 that day for, for their birthday treat bear, which is really cool. So Our stores are meaningful. They play such an important part in the ecosystem of the Build-A-Bear brand. But what's new and different from the pandemic is when all of our stores shut down and we had to furlough our employees and you know, 90% of our workforce um, was at home. What we learned is that there was this incredible opportunity to experience our brand online. And one of the things that I loved doing and and still do is I go through and I look at the gift messages that our guests are writing to their loved ones and friends when they're sending a bear to understand what our, our product and our marketing means to our guests. And that reveals to me this incredible emotional engagement with our brand. And I think a lot about that and it informs our, it informs how I think about e-commerce, how I think about our stores, our marketing, our product development, our merchandising. We, through our e-commerce, it's actually allowed the guests to share with us insights about how we should be evolving our brand. And so we're shifting and moving to meet their needs of, of how they want Build-A-Bear to serve a purpose in their life. And I think that's probably, you know, one of the things that we really doubled down on from the pandemic and, and really gained insights through our e-commerce business. Um, and I thank our guests for that.
0: <laughs> you talked about earlier thinking around the lines of like, how did you make your brand come alive in a new way, right? And I think that's such a great question to ask of a brand that's been, crushing the game of hearts and hugs for 25 years. You know, it's like, you know, there are some table stakes, like some foundational pieces that Build-A-Bear is just good at. We're good at this. And yet you also get to look at it from this lens of like, how do we make this brand come alive in a new way? What else can we do, right? I'd love just to circle back to that. And, and what other insights have you gathered? What other things have you done? Yeah, to go down this road of like, how do we make Build-A-Bear come alive in a new way? Any insights or experiments or things you've done? In addition to going down the NFT road, which I want to get into as well, you said some of this stuff, build a bear after dark, right? Creating new experiences. What else are you kind of cooking up there? What have you noticed in some of the things you've done yeah, to make this brand come alive in a new way?
1: Yeah, we spend a lot of time thinking about what the brand means to customers in different points of engagement. And that sounds like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of buzzword talk. So let me let me break it down for you. First of all, everything starts with adding more heart to life. And I am completely agnostic towards where our guest enters our brand. It happened by default, but in retrospect, it's, it's a bit of, a, of an aha moment that I oversee merchandising, product development, marketing, digital, and e-commerce because I am completely agnostic as to where the sales take place from a channel perspective. I care equally about every area of the business because what I'm thinking about is the storytelling and the engagement with the guest. And I want every channel to be wildly successful in those thoughts. So when we think about what Build-A-Bear means, we have this brand with tons of equity in it, 25 years over 225 million memories and bears that we've made. Each bear is a memory and a moment for someone. We have all that equity. So now what are all the ways that this brand can bring that to people's lives and add more heart to life? So we launched Build-A-Bear Entertainment a couple of years ago. We made a movie in partnership with Sony Pictures um, called Honey Girl's. And that movie was derived from one of our intellectual properties that we've sold millions and millions of dollars of merchandise and engaged with our guests. Now, when our guest comes in and they make their own Honey Girls Furry Friend, the bear builder can talk to them about, oh, have you seen our, our movie Honey Girls on Netflix? That you know, It stars Ashanti. It has really fantastic music from Grammy Award winning writers. And then they can go to our radio station, which is Build a Radio on iHeartRadio, and they can listen to the great music. They can go online and experience Honey Girls and the Bear Builder 3D. The idea is that anywhere that someone is looking for an emotional connection and cares about adding more heart, making memories, we'll meet them there with an element of our brand and, and touch them where they're interested in the brand. And I am. Completely agnostic as to where that starts. It could start in the store. It could start on our e-commerce. It could start on uh, Build a Bear Radio. It could start on Netflix watching a movie.
0: Wow. Okay. You drop so many interesting things. I'm like, I want to go there. I want to go there. I love this idea of you, the marketing leader for this amazing brand, being agnostic as to where people come in, like what channels and how they interact with the brand. I that's language I have not heard, and I interview executives like you all the time. I think that's a really interesting choice of words. My question is, is that something that you cultivated in your, you know, 20, what what was it, 25 year, year, you had a bunch of years of product development and, you know, footwear and things like that. Did that come from your your days prior or did you have this aha at Build-A-Bear? Like, wait a second, I actually, yeah, I don't care. Let's double down on all the things we can do to interact and experience. I just haven't heard that language. I'm curious where that started for you. Where did you start to cultivate that, this agnostic view of, I don't really care how they interact or where they're interacting?
1: I think I'm only recently understanding the power of this position. And so let me share a few things. I, I, to your point, I spent most of my career in building brands that have really strong brand DNA, incredible histories, they are emotional brands. And I love working on innovation, product development, design. I spent a lot of time in factories and sourcing, truly bringing stories to life for customers through product, through product innovation, and product development. Uh, I have this this passion for it, really, of understanding how to solve, you know customers. Um, needs how to how to create things they didn't even know that they wanted that just delight them wildly and also just working in brands that people love that they want to tell stories about. Um, when I worked at Timberland, you know, people wanted to tell stories about um, what they did in their you know first pair of work boots or how actually how meaningful and how protective those boots were for them. Or maybe they talked a lot about our philanthropic efforts when I was at at Timberland. And then I went to work in. Stride Right Corporation, which became Wolverine Worldwide. And we had a whole host of storied brands from Sperry Top Sider to Saucony Running Shoes. And everyone had a story about what footwear meant to them. And I enjoyed working on those brands. And then I came to Build-A-Bear and I am passionate about our one-to-one connection with our guests. We are a vertical retailer and we connect deeply directly with our customer. And what I realized is that I had spent all these years creating all of this product and all of this heart into developing something very physical and real. And then I was lobbing the ball over the fence, so to speak. And another team that didn't travel to the factory, that didn't labor over every stitch in the comfort of something or or the way something made them feel was now... Taking it and marketing it, and there was always this back and forth of of how that was executed, and I felt like you know I it felt like kind of letting your your child go and like okay here we go I just you know did all this hard work and now it was off and running and and there were times where things were, just were disconnected and I would see marketing that maybe um, missed the the plot or wasn't necessarily conveying the heart or. Or passion or innovation that had been put into to the year and a half of development around something, or sometimes even longer. And so when this opportunity came at Build-A-Bear to really have this umbrella approach to say, we're now going to take these teams and bring them together. We are a brand that adds more heart to life. And we do that through our product creation, our storytelling, our marketing, and our engagement. And that is one journey that is, that is one moment. That isn't multiple journeys that people now hand off. It's one meeting where we come together and talk about how we're going to now engage with our guests through these stories. I think it is so much more powerful. It knocks down all of the walls between departments. We own it together. Uh, we're passionate about it together. And we're passionate about the loyalty that we're creating with our guests. Through these stories and, and teddy bears and, and all of the friends of teddy bears. And so I really enjoy being part of the entire journey with the guests, all the way from the very first concept that's developed to the moment that they bring that product home and have a journey with it. Uh, it's, it's a really powerful, um, I think, evolution of product marketing and synergies between uh, what was traditionally very different part, departments and is now really, we're, we're one team together. And I can truly say that we operate as a integrated team together. Mm. I love it.
0: It's such a, because you have a really, like you have the, this deep experience in children's products and footwear. And then you also have this thing where you were on the board at Mace International Security. Which were you there before? Did you go from there to build a bear? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still on you're the still board. are still Mace. Okay, okay. Yeah, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> okay, so so it's it's a wide jump in products, and I'm curious just in terms of the Mace International Security opportunity. Like, what were some of the important lessons that you brought or you're bringing from Mace?
1: Yeah, you know, I think about Mace um, is a really interesting company, and I I joined that board because I had some some personal. Passion around um, safety. I'm a runner. I love. I love jogging. Um, I love being out in the wilderness. I do some of my best, you know, thinking when I'm out hiking and getting outdoors. I love being outdoors with my family, and I I joined that board because I felt like it was again this storied brand. You know, it's it has brand recognition that. is akin to things like you know Xerox for copies or Kleenex for tissue, mace for pepper spray, which is you know a personal protection device that that people use. and so I love this idea of tapping into brand equity in in general, I think that it's a it's a wonderful challenge to figure out how to bring brands reinvention, reposition them in today's space, whether it's digital, whether it is with the new consumer and and how they want to engage with brands. I love a good challenge. I love turnarounds. I love um, dusting things off and, and reinventing them. I am just passionate about breathing life into brands that maybe over time didn't get enough attention, nurture, and care and can be reintroduced or maybe just reimagined with today's consumer. So that is one of those types of brands, and that's what attracted me uh, to that role.
0: That's awesome. I love the wide, I love the wide range of you know, just involvement in, in various businesses. I think that's so cool. There's something you mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on too, was the, the Honey Girls film. Love this idea of just like original content, of course, partnering with Sony. What a great opportunity. And it sounded like it also yielded some great, you know, uh, awareness and sales and things like that around merchandise. Or is there more of that coming? Because to me, it's like you have so much you could, there's so many stories you can create with these characters or these initiatives, these activations, like there could be so many films, there could be a series, there could be lots of different types of content, original content. And I'm curious if you're going further down that road or yeah, just curious if you're going to play more in that space and what can we can expect if you are?
1: We are. Uh, we're very excited about the future of Build-A-Bear Entertainment. In addition to Honey Girls, we um, we produced and did two Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, cool! In the past couple of years, and those, um, you know, are all about adding more heart to life and family entertainment, and are just a just you know, as you can imagine, um, Hallmark fans and the type of in um, you know, just love um, and passion for Christmas movies. It's a perfect place for Build-A-Bear to be. So that's been a really fun part of our Build-A-Bear entertainment. There is more to come. It's We truly believe in this synergy of having content that the guest can engage in in different platforms, whether it's um, through Netflix, whether it's um, live action. It could be feature films, it could be series, could be animation. We see just a huge opportunity in a wide variety of ways that Build-A-Bear can continue to create content for our guests. It's no longer about just building a product, setting it on a shelf, and, you know, marketing to a guest to to come and purchase that. We're not a transactional business. We are an engagement. Company. In fact, we're a high engagement company and Build-A-Bear has, you know, 25 years of connecting with our guests in a, in a very one-to-one um, way. Each one of our bears has a heart ceremony that's done with a bear builder. So it's perfectly natural to think about Build-A-Bear as an IP company. And, you know, to answer your question, yes, there is more to come. And more announcements to come. And we are we're really looking forward um, to continuing to build on what we've started at Build a Bear Entertainment. So stay tuned.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's great. You mentioned Hallmark. I had the opportunity to interview Lindsay Roy, who's their, their CMO at Hallmark, an exceptional marketing leader. I mean, she's incredible. Her, have you met her, by the way? I have Do you know not, her? I've not,
1: but would love
0: to. I feel like you and Lindsay would be a vibe. It would be a vibe for sure. Just the things that they're doing at Hallmark is incredible too. Another brand like yours that's like got so much history and also has managed to, in the midst of all the changes in the world, is like they've managed to just solidify themselves as a brand. They're not going anywhere. And the initiatives that they're working on, the stuff they're creating, it's incredible. And the diversity on their team, it's like I see the power of what they're doing. And there's some similar threads I'm seeing to Build a Bear as well. It's super cool brands. How about globally? Like just, international perspective. I mean, obviously Build-A-Bear is not just in the US. What are some of the things you've learned now with Build-A-Bear being available more globally? Are you, are you paying a lot of attention to how other cultures interact with the brand? Are you learning things around that localization and personalization? How much in the weeds do you get down from a global kind of Build-A-Bear perspective?
1: Yeah, we have a saying at Build-A-Bear that a hug is understood in any language.
0: Yes, I love that. We have
1: learned that our brand resonates globally. And I'll give you a few examples. So we own and operate all of our stores in the UK um, and Canada, but we also have stores in Australia, South Africa, Chile, the Middle East, China, India. We've been fortunate to have incredible experiences with our partners in those countries. And we do, we do create local products. So depending on different activities, holidays, or themes that are relevant in our local markets, we love making sure that our teddy bears can reflect the culture and what's popular for, for our guests in those markets. It could be different licensing partnerships that we have that resonate in different markets And it could be just uh, the assortment that we have different, sometimes different furry friends are more popular in different countries. It's really fun to see sort of the differences in what sells globally. We always enjoy looking at um, our top sellers and colors and themes that work. The team gets, you know, a lot of, uh, I think, satisfaction. Of knowing that our brand is making connections, uh, I love to say the sun never sets on Build A Bear. Twenty four seven, there is a store open. There is a heart ceremony taking place for our brand, and we take that we take that to heart. It it means a lot to us to know that we're out there, you know, creating these special moments. Um, I think it's what motivates our team a lot too. Is it it's expansive. We are we are truly
0: global. <laughs> Do you also put together like live events, like where you get people, just fans and pe- consumers together, like in one place? to just celebrate Build-A-Bear or do things like that? Do you get people together at big live events? We love that idea. We are tossing around a gathering. We do
1: have a big event coming um, for our 25th celebration. And we are celebrating with a Silver Celebration Gala that will take place in St. Louis uh, right across from our Bear Quarters, which is at Union Station. And the purpose of the event is to raise money for the Build-A-Bear Foundation, which is um, a part of our company that we're really proud of. Maxine, when she founded the company from the first dollar she made, she started giving back to the community. And that continues today. So that gala event will be to raise money for the Build-A-Bear Foundation. It will also be to honor Maxine and all of her contributions to the company, but we will be bringing together a large number of people. Um, There will be bear making, there will be dancing and we'll really be celebrating the brand and really, you know, earning and and bringing lots of new funds to the foundation so that we can continue to to give back and donate a lot of bears and, and be there with hugs for people in need.
0: That's beautiful. Awesome. Okay how has holiday marketing changed over the past 3 to 5 years like what what are customer expectations now versus before what are you noticing
1: yeah well first of all it's earlier so we are seeing tremendous search traffic to our site um this happened for halloween much earlier when we look year on year seeing the the searches and guest interest around Halloween, Christmas, same thing. So we are pulling that forward to make sure that we have product for our guests when they're looking for it. It's no longer, you know, wait until Black Friday, Cyber Week to kick off things. It starts in September, October. We had a lot of fun this July with Christmas in July and saw a great response to that. So we, we already know our guests are thinking about gifting and how they're gonna celebrate the holidays. I also think this holiday, it'll be different. You know, last year, people were still at a moment where they couldn't necessarily connect in person with their families the way they would have wanted to. I think that's gonna change this year. And so we're really embracing this idea of hugs for the holiday, coming back together, being together again, celebrating, And what does that mean for creating moments and memories? So we're thinking about our workshops first and foremost as a destination. And how do we use digital marketing to let people know that, you know, the workshop is a great place to come, make a bear together, create a memory. Come for Black Friday again. You know, I used to, when I was, I was always out in stores on Black Friday and I would see families and, you know, matching sweatshirts. They were out, you know, it was, it was all about the event and just going out and kicking off the holiday celebration. We want to welcome our guests at that time. Come make a furry friend, enjoy that holiday spirit. In terms of how we're going to market that, we are looking at this holiday will be, um, leaning more into spending more time and resources on personalization through marketing. We just went live with uh, the Salesforce loyalty cloud a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that I think is really interesting about our brand is that about 80% of our guests, when they're in our stores, we capture their email address or their mobile number. They're highly engaged with us. And so we have all of that, you know, first party data. We have that, we call it a friendship. I don't even like to think of it as like, oh, it's a transactional element. We have friendship information on our guests. And so our guests, they want to hear from us. They want to hear about our community. They want to hear about maybe new partnerships that we have. And so as we move into Christmas, we're going to be looking at more personalization around making sure, is this guest a collector? Do they love a certain um, product line with us? Well, we want to share with them maybe what's new in that product line. Or are they there for just a celebratory moment? Okay, if that's the case, then let's share with them maybe seasonal product that they may want to commemorate the holiday with. So our marketing is evolving to capture more about the behaviors that that guest has with Build-A-Bear so that we can engage with them on more of a friendship level. And I'm excited about us being able to take that to a next level this holiday Compared to where we were last holiday, because we have new tools to do that and we've learned more. We're gonna also lean into more um, in TikTok this holiday. We have a lot of fans that love the work that we do in TikTok. We have bear builders, we have associates that love posting in in TikTok, and it's very organic. It's not this scripted, you know, type marketing. Um, you know, we just stand back and and watch it and our guests love it and they're engaged with us and and that's going to drive you know traffic and interest as well and then we have uh probably the the broadest holiday product line I've seen since I've been with the company licensed product like nightmare before christmas and then our biggest item that we sell in the holidays is our merry mission product we make a a reindeer. Her name is Glisson. She's always our top seller. We have a new version of her. We're going to market her in a new way this holiday. We have some great creative, I mean, content to your earlier point is king right now. So we're spending a ton of time creating you know, beautiful content around our product and figuring out all the channels that we can push the different elements of content out in. Spend a lot of time Thinking through that, um, it's it's a fun, creative part of the business, but it's also very data driven, and I love that. I love the left brain, right brain approach um, that we have in digital marketing today. So a lot of fun stuff coming this holiday, and it'll be earlier than it's ever been.
0: <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and as you say that, I'm thinking like my own behavior, like our, me and my partner. It's like we, yep, we're already looking way ahead and I didn't really notice that but we're doing it earlier this year than we did before which is to your point. So looking ahead, I mean, how do you see holiday marketing evolving even more over the next few years? What do you see happening more of the next yeah, 3 to 5 years?
1: Definitely personalization. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's funny I attend a lot of conferences or, you know, meet with with others in in marketing and everyone talks about, you know, one-to-one marketing. I'm not sure we're quite at one-to-one yet, but we are definitely moving into the age of machine learning and AI around marketing. We're implementing a, a digital asset management system so that we can get all of this incredible content attributed so that we can let AI start to drive the right message to the guest. I don't always want to assume that you know, I can curate exactly or my team can curate exactly what marketing piece is going to resonate. I want the guests to tell us through their behavior, how they're clicking, what they're interested in, and then serve them up the content that will be meaningful to them. That's how we connect with them. And it's impossible to do that on the scale that AI can do that. So we're really working towards getting more of our content attributed and getting it into systems, so that we can let the algorithms run. We can let our guests through their behaviors really determine what is served up to them. So we're we're working towards that, and we have a roadmap built out. Um, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. We don't just you know implement systems and then flip switches and suddenly you know everything starts running. It's a constant iterative approach and where I really value the team is the teams coming in and looking at the data, reading the results and saying, okay, I think we need to double down here and actually build out more creative in this area. I think this maybe isn't working as hard as we want it to. You know what? Let's pause this. That is what is so awesome about digital marketing is that we can grow with it. We can let the customer guide us and, keep getting just one step towards them to meet them where they want to be. So we're going to lean heavier into personalization. We're going to lean heavier into content creation. Um, I'm shifting a lot of marketing into influencer and creator space. Uh, that's where it makes a ton of sense. If you think about the build a brand, We are a personalization company. People come to our brand.
0: They Literally, literally. Literally.
1: (laughs) We were built for this. I mean.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: It's almost as if we knew this was the future. We didn't. Uh We're ready for it. Uh And so we're going to, it just works naturally for our brand to let creators experiment with Build-A-Bear, build these awesome furry friends, tell their stories about them. And engage with other fans who want to share in that that love of creating a furry friend as well. We're just embracing it. We're literally, we're hugging it and saying, this works. We know it works. We've had the, again, the most profitable and biggest year in our history. And so we're just literally going to do more of that and continue to accelerate the amount of personalization that we can bring to our guests because we know that that's in their mindset and that works for them. And we have we have some really good feedback that gives us the confidence to keep moving in that direction.
0: That's good. So Jen, another question, this current inflationary market that we all know and are experiencing, what is this impact on shopper buyer habits and how, how is Build-A-Bear approaching this in the holiday season?
1: In my experience, uh, the toy and children's, industry can be a little bit more resilient to inflationary pressures because, you know, a good chunk of our business is families and families, you know, creating moments with their children. And even when, you know, we're faced with inflationary times or maybe, you know, macroeconomic difficulties, families will still tend to carve out opportunities for their children. You know, you'll cut other things that you have in life that are maybe discretionary, but not necessarily, you know, what you're doing for your kids. So there's a little bit of, you know, just intrinsic resilience that we see um, in this category. Build-A-Bear is also a great opportunity if, if maybe people are a little more pressured and they can't travel as much or those, you know, airline tickets are a little more expensive this holiday. You know, taking the family, the grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins to a trip to Build a Bear to create a day out and a special memory is an affordable, you know, an affordable event this holiday. So we are, you know, we're optimistic that, you know, Build a Bear will be able to weather through some of this inflationary pressure. We did take some price increases. We got a little bit ahead of it last year, knowing that these supply chain, you know, issues were coming. And we have not seen our guests. You know, sort of pull back from those price increases. In fact, our AUR is up, but our overall business is up, and our total transactions are up. So we are we're weathering you know the storm well um, at this point.
0: Any tips for last minute holiday marketing?
1: Sure. Um, I think you know marketing this season is going to be really in the moment and real time. So our plan is to be ready with a breath of content, measure what's working, and be able to constantly adapt throughout the season. So if again, if we see that guest coming earlier, we're going to be ready to just pour the fuel on that fire earlier and then last year, we noticed a little dip after um, that Black Friday Cyber Week and then a big pickup again as we led into the holiday. So we're going to watch those curves closely this year. And my tip would be to be ready to be as agile and flexible as possible with marketing to really read how consumers are behaving as we enter the season. And we're gonna use last mile delivery to get as close to the holiday as possible. We now have all of our stores able to ship from store same day with our partnership or buy online pickup in store. So we'll be down to the last minute able to meet guests where they want to get their their last minute gifts. So we're we're ready. We are geared up.
0: That's perfect. So we talked about you know, the advances in, in personalization, the advances in technology, where you see it going. Any more thoughts on kind of how this will evolve with real-time marketing capabilities?
1: Yeah, this, I mean, this is the future. So as we build out our our MarTech stack, so, you know, we're operating across um, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Salesforce Interaction Studio. We have, um, of course, Commerce Cloud all of those are integrated with our service cloud platform. And we are building out this, you know, three, as we say, and and talk about this 360 degree view of the customer. So our goal is to just move on this continuum. It is truly a journey from lead of a guest all the way through loyalty. And we've layered on the loyalty cloud to now personalize our marketing content against where that guest is in our journey. And, and we're learning as we go on this and turning up the dial in what's working from a content perspective and a channel perspective and constantly fine-tuning it. There's oftentimes that I refer to this area a little bit like you know NASA and you come in and there's all this data, all these KPIs, and we're constantly tweaking and fine-tuning And letting these tools continually refine and learn and help us improve our return on ad spend or our engagement with our guests, our email opens, whatever metric it is that we're focused on for that channel. We're constantly learning from what that content is delivering and then amping up on it. And we'll never be done. This journey never ends. It will only continue to become more personalized and and closer to the the actual guest.
0: And that's why I think Build a Bear will continue to have your full attention for for years to come because it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. That's right. There's an intangible with you that I pick up on just kind of observing you, listening to you share. It's like there's many intangibles, but like there's something around gratitude for you. Like you seem really grateful for your position. Your perspective. Like it seems like you've seen a lot of things. You have a lot of responsibility and and resources and support. But I get this, this thread of like you're just grateful for the seat you get to sit in. And like I feel like that drives a lot of your brilliance too. Is there something around gratitude, which I love it? Like you love what you're doing. It's clear that you love what you're doing. Sure, there's challenges. Sure, it's gonna be hard, but it's clear that like there's a there's a foundation for you that's rooted in gratitude and it's awesome. I love that about you. It's really cool. Thank you. In the kind of vein of just metrics, and, and you know there's a lot of concepts you guys built, Build-A-Bear After Dark, all these concepts and ideas. Do you kind of have a North Star of like, how do we measure success for this thing? Like You've seen a lot of things be birthed and created, some more successful than others. Over that time period, are there certain metrics you're more interested in than others? Do you have a North Star metric? I'm just curious.
1: We do. And I'm always really careful to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, on a particular initiative or tactic that, that we might have. Because again, because I sit in this vantage point where I'm looking at the whole enterprise, I talk a lot about raising the water level. So we may be doing something digitally and see that the impact is actually store sales are rising. And we can see that because we have our guests hitting the website and they're looking at plan a store event or plan a party or store locator pages. So while I may not be getting this attributed immediate return on ad spend on something through e-com, I am noticing my store sales rise. So I'm always really careful that we're looking at the total enterprise. But our North Star is, I have a, a really good, good relationship with finance. I didn't come up through the marketing channel. So I care a lot about margins. I care a lot about building a a healthy company and a healthy P&L because I know at the end of the day, when we are profitable, our virtuous circle, our flywheel starts spinning. We can give more money back to, to our communities. We can create a larger business for our shareholders. We can create more value for our employees. And most importantly, we can create you know more exciting and fun things to do with people who love Build-A-Bear and love what we're about as a company. So profitability and metrics, they are important. And I think I probably wouldn't have been a good marketer 20 years ago because there wasn't the data. I love the data. I love being able to see the things that the team comes up with and then coming in every Monday, we we spend most of Monday reviewing results and looking at the metrics and saying, okay, wow, this campaign was wildly successful. What, did, what was it about it that was working? What type of guest was resonating with it? How can we pour more fuel on that fire? That's awesome. And then what things maybe didn't work as well, maybe didn't deliver the ROAS or the impressions. You know what, guys, if we can't tweak that and try it again, let's go ahead and, and turn that one down and get focused on something else, I truly enjoy the numbers. And I think that's what's so exciting about marketing today. And the other thing is, is that no one in marketing today has 20 years of experience in this because it didn't exist 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) That's right. We're all
1: operating with the same years of experience. We're all the same level of of depth of knowledge on this. And it's changing. Wildly every day. I happen to personally love change. I enjoy learning. I I have this huge disposition, you know, for learning and and curiosity. When COVID hit, you know, I I went back to school at night because I was remote for the first time. I could actually engage in in some academic work that um, was off hours, and I enjoy that. I I think that's what makes life interesting in general. And the team I work with is very similar. It's a very diverse group of people across marketing, product development, and merchandising. They all come from different backgrounds. They have um, different work experiences. And I think together, we, we create this really powerful group of people because we're we're all filling in for each other's gaps in a way. And that, that makes for some awesome conversation, some really, you know, we let the, the fur and the fluff fly in meetings, but at the end of the day, you know, we are all, you know, at work for the same goal, which is to add a little more heart to life. So we can't take ourselves too crazy serious. We do have fun. We do show a lot of gratitude. We have what's called the adda Bears at work. And we can send those to each other. We can give them out in meetings. And we do, we do take seriously you know, the culture of our, of our company. And we express it through what we do. So it's an awesome place to be.
0: You said something about finance. Is it the, your relationship with the, the CFO? Is that what you're saying? You have a good relationship with finance? I do. Okay. That's, I love that. I interviewed Andrea Brimmer. She's the head of marketing for Ally Financial and she said something that i had not heard before it's 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 connected to kind of what you just said was like she brought their cfo like to new york to do like to meet their agency of record and like sit with them so the cfo was in the room while they're brainstorming while they're you know ideating and i'm like that's brilliant i don't know how many elts join each other like that i don't know how many cmo's and cfo's partner up and hey we're going to spend a day together where we're going through creative i want you to see The stuff that we're doing. And I think that's brilliant. I don't know if that's done a lot across the ELT. I have not seen much of that in my business experience. I think it's brilliant to double down on finance in that way, to invite finance into your world and vice versa. And it obviously pays dividends all the way around. So I love that you said that.
1: Yeah. I actually didn't know that that was an oddity to be candid. And I've heard that a couple of times in some of the marketing conferences and digital conferences I go to. We have a finance person that sits in every one of our performance marketing meetings. And our CFO attends every line review for our merchandise and then following our you know marketing slash buy reviews. So we're fully integrated. And it never occurred to me that that wasn't how it should be because marketing is a critical part of the company's. You know, profitability and PL. So, not having that partnership to me seems just like a missed opportunity. I, I, it's hard to imagine not having it actually. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, the last question I have for you is just I would love for you just to kind of reflect over your career and just kind of you've, you've done some amazing things. You're continuing to do some amazing things. You also seem to be like in momentum. You seem to like be in momentum. And maybe I make up a story that you've been in momentum for a long time because you seem like you know how to get into momentum you're a runner. Like It seems like momentum is kind of part of your DNA. And I'm just curious if you just think over the course of your career, what are some of the things that you've cultivated to be this way? Like, How do you think you've been able to solidify, one, your seat as a marketing leader, which as you know, in 2022, it's hard to be a marketing leader and stay there. It's hard. If you're there in the early days, it's hard to stay there in the modern days. You've stayed in this business for almost a decade. You've been through lots of changes and growth. How were you able to cultivate this career if you could distill it down to a few things? What do you think is the thread that really we can pull on, you know, that Jen Kretschmar was cultivating this whole time? What is it if you if it comes up for you? I'm curious.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I love winning. <laughs> I really, I enjoy the pursuit of competition, of winning. And I love seeing people truly delighted. So, when you combine those two things, there's like this passion for seeing in results. There's this passion for bringing a product to life. There's a passion for then seeing people want to purchase it and enjoy it and love it and tell stories about it. I truly am energized by that. It's as if it's a fuel that just keeps me totally engaged and motivating. I am also just naturally, I have. High energy levels. I think I have those because I truly believe in like this holistic approach. At Build a Bear, we call it heart hugs and mind. You know, we get one moment here to to make a lasting impression, to enjoy what we're what we're doing. I can't imagine getting up and going to work every day and not truly enjoying what I do. And so I think that gives me momentum, and I choose to work with people that I love to be around. I've worked with our CEO for almost 15 years. The team that I work with, um, the the direct reports that I have, I mean, gosh, most of us have been together for almost every year that I've been there. I've had a couple of new come in, but I truly enjoy the dialogue, the camaraderie, the tough times. And boy, we've had them. When I started at Build-A-Bear, you know, the company was not profitable and it it was a turnaround situation and there was no way we were going to let this brand that means so much to so many people go away. And so when you're in those trenches together, And you really believe in, in the power of what the brand means and what it, you know, we, we make people's days a little bit brighter. We help people in need. We, it's, it matters what we do has meaning, um, in our lives. And so I, I think that's what gives me momentum and energy every day. And I feed on that and I love it. And I never stop learning. And I think that's also really important, um, you know, part of, of growing as a leader, and having you know great teamwork and collaboration is just being open to learning and listening a lot and truly being joyful about the work that, that we're doing. That's what keeps me going.
0: It's amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you stayed this entire time because what, a, what an incredible conversation. Jen, thank you for being a part of Marketing Trends. This, I know, inspired our whole crew. I would love to do a round two maybe next year I would love to circle back with you. So thank you for being here. Have a possum day because you're dope.
1: You too. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross channel synergies. To create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot content management system has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.